Welcome back to Sunday School. I'm Mike Stedham. What does faith look like? Describe for me what love looks like. Do you have a mental picture of hope? Well, these three words, faith, love, and hope, are certainly very prominent in the letters of Paul, and we're going to look at one of his letters today, the letter to the church at Thessalonica, the first of the two that he wrote to them. These are concepts that appear over and over again in his letters, but instead of just talking about them as concepts, we want to think about them as actual physical things. And Paul is able to conjure up an image when he thinks about these three words, and I think we probably really can ourselves. When you think about the word faith, or when I think about it, I often think about the people that we worship with people who come together. I know we're doing it remotely right now because we don't want to all catch COVID. But in normal times, we gather together to share our time of worship. And that's the in, the image that I get. That's what I think of when I think of the word faith, the word love. I think about people who volunteer at homeless shelters at various other places around town, people who are not just saying that they love people who are in need, that they love their fellow human beings, but who actually provide things for them, who are actually doing that work. When I think of hope, I think about people who are oftentimes facing the ends of their lives, not with the kind of uncontrollable fear that you might expect people to have, but with a quiet resignation because they have a hope. They have a belief that something better is awaiting them because none of us are going to be immortal in our human mortal bodies. That just doesn't work. We're all going to have to face death. But hope gives us a way of facing it and not being reduced to the kind of mindless fear that other people may have. Today we're in the book of 1 Thessalonians. The Church of Thessalonica is an interesting place. Paul visits it with Silas during Paul's second missionary journey. He gets there, and as he does quite often in his missionary trips, he first goes to the synagogue, and he wins a number of converts when he gets there. Many people in the congregation do this. But also, his message is very successful with the God-fearers. These are Gentiles who are not fully accepted into the Hebrew faith, but they have accepted many of the tenets of the Hebrew faith, and they uh, are called God-fearers because they are showing uh, their obedience, their faith to the Hebrew God, Yahweh. The Bible also tells us that not an inconsiderable number of important or prominent women have also been converted. Well, Paul and Silas don't get to stay in Thessalonica very long. A plot to capture them comes up. They have to sneak out by night. But Paul continues to think about this church. He he keeps up with them through letters and other contacts that he has with people as he continues his other missionary journeys. Paul often begins his letters with words of compliment. He, He tells the people that he's writing to, good things. Now, this is, of course, a common courtesy. 
Uh, it was the style of his day to open a letter with something like this. But Paul doesn't just make up uh, nice things to say. He actually has real uh, concrete reasons to be proud of the church at Thessalonica. We thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are those three words that we began the lesson with. The faith that the people in Thessalonica have is manifested in their work, the things they're doing in their community to make it a better place. So Paul remembers the work that they do. That's what he's heard about. It's not just a bunch of people sitting around talking about how faithful they are or thinking in their minds what a great faith they have, but manifesting it, putting it out for everyone to see. Or their faith produces work. Their love for their fellow human beings shows labor. They're actually out there doing hard work. When I think of labor, I don't think about just sort of the simple routine things. I'm thinking about uh, a lot of manual lifting and carrying and doing things uh, to really show the love that they have. And finally, their endurance. This is the mental image that Paul has that shows the hope that these people have in their Lord Jesus Christ. So while these are words of flattery, these are words that would tend to make them want to listen to Paul's message, they're not just idle things that he's made up. He has concrete examples of how these things have actually led them to be the kind of people that they are. Beginning now with verse 4. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came not to you simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. So Paul himself is saying that I didn't just come there and give you a bunch of intellectual ideas, things to think about. No, he came there uh, with a dynamic message, a message that was going to get them moving. And we're going to see in just a moment, it made a really big difference in their lives. Now, while there were some believers in the synagogue, some of the Jews in the town of Thessalonica did accept the Christian message. Really, it appears that by the time the letter is written to the church at Thessalonica, the first letter here, it's largely become a congregation of Gentiles who have become Christians. These God-fearers and the people around them and, and the women who are also mentioned in the book of Acts, they've come together and they've made a real change in their lives. Now, for the Jews who were coming to Christianity, they, of course, accepted a different way of looking at their religion. But uh, the idea of Yahweh, the idea of the Messiah, these were concepts that had been with them uh, pretty much throughout their whole lives. This is the way they grew up, uh, thinking about God in these terms. For the Gentiles, many of them were raised in uh, polytheistic ideas. Uh, they came from uh, the Greek and the Roman ideas of many gods, of, of a whole group of gods warring with each other, 
having very human emotions. The idea of an over-powerful God who controlled everything was just not part of their tradition. They had a, a, a longer path to take to get to the Christian faith than many of the other people around them. You know how we lived among you for your sake. In other words, Paul was right there. He wasn't just some remote person who came in and and left quickly. He stayed with them for their sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Paul is pretty bold in, in talking about his own Christian life, his own Christian witness. He tells us, in other places as well, that he was attempting to imitate the life of Christ. So if they saw Paul, they couldn't see Jesus. Jesus was no longer on the earth. But they could look at Paul, and they had somebody to imitate. And so he saw a great responsibility in that. And he says they're doing this in spite of great suffering. So why would this be, why would this uh, give them suffering? And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So they're spreading this message throughout the entire region around Thessalonica. The Lord's message rang out from you. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us, how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and the true God. And this really gets to the heart of the change they made. In these pagan religions, they weren't worshiping the God of the Hebrews. They were worshiping uh, stone idols, things like this. It was a very different concept. And, of course, when people would leave these religions and convert to Christianity— they would also be giving up their family. Jesus talked about this. He talked about how people would be rejected by their own family if they accepted his uh, viewpoint, if they accepted his doctrine, it would cause a rift in the family. And so that's what Paul has seen. And the people he's talking to have been willing to put the message that they received above their family traditions and other things such as that. So they actually have given up quite a bit. And the fact that they've done this has caused them to become quite well known within the entire region. They've given up something. Uh, The message has gone out to others. They themselves are now serving as an example of those who serve, as Paul puts it, the true and living God. And to wait for the Son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So Paul, in his introduction, takes the example that the Thessalonian Christians are giving to the people around them and praises them for it, not just for being people who sit around talking a good talk, but actually walking the walk of the Christian life. Let's conclude with a word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for the book of Thessalonians. Thank you for the example that these people set more than 2,000 years ago of people who were willing to do what was motivated by their faith, their love, 
and their hope. Help us also to set an example for those around us. In Christ's name, amen.